When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the Record Rangers podcast with me, Johnny McFarlane. Today I'm joined by both Scott McDermott and Andy Newport. Welcome, gentlemen. How are we? Hi, Johnny. It's been a terrific week for Rangers, hasn't it, guys? I mean, not only have they been able to beat Celtic and win in Europe, but a very, very comfortable 2 0 win uh, at the weekend there against uh, a Livingston side that, that always makes it very, very difficult for the opposition. Scott, what, what was your reaction to the game? I mean, Rangers went ahead, obviously, uh, quite early in the game, scored a second, and you thought it was going to be perhaps a cricket score, but Livingston held out well, and I think both teams were pretty comfortable to, to sit on what they had at that point, given the, the, the strenuous nature of what had gone before for Rangers. Yeah, I mean, the game was won in the first half for Rangers, Johnny, and... Of course, they could have went on and get more goals. The second half might have been a wee bit frustrating for some people that they didn't really kick on. But, listen, from where Rangers have been to where they are now, given the week they've just had, as you say, winning an old firm game away from home, winning away in Europe, a routine 2-0 win over Livy when the game's done by half-time. Rangers fans would, you know, would have bitten your hand off for that uh, a while back. Um Totally dominant, scored two uh, really good goals, brilliant goals actually. And you no, know, they've got another European game on Thursday night. So given what they've been through in terms of energy and effort, uh, I thought it was just about the perfect day really for for Steven Gerrard. They get people off the pitch, he get subs on for minutes. Um, they were total control of the ball, so they weren't you no know, exerting that much energy in the second half. So listen, in terms of Weeks in football, it was just just a bit perfect for for Gerard and Rangers. Andy, what did you make of the game? Uh, obviously, I don't think it was the most sparkling display that uh, Rangers have put on uh, this season. Um, but I think Scott's right at, at this stage, given what is at stake and what they've achieved earlier on in the week, points were all that really mattered. And for Rangers to you know to to maintain this. Uh, unbeaten run uh, to extend the lead at the top of the table to six points I mean I think that would be the the priority above everything else for, for Steven Gerrard so he'll be delighted with where Rangers are, are sitting right now that, that could have that could have been a sticky game for Rangers Johnny just give as you say the way Livingston play the pressure that was on Rangers um, you know, to go and get the, the three points especially after Celtic had uh, dropped points at Pataudry um, and I think we spoke last week just in terms of you know, the tests. People were talking about the tests that Celtic had coming up. You know, Rangers' big test is, is whether they can go and beat your Livingstons and Kilmarnocks and Hamiltons regularly uh, you know, to clock up the points and, and go and win a title. So, of course, it's still early days, but um, you know, I thought they did well just to you know, make it so run of the mill. Uh, that's exactly what the manager would have been looking for. 
let's talk about the the key differences between this season and last season, Scott, because it's interesting you say that about these being the kind of games that, that we always talked about Rangers needing to be able to win. Now, in terms of the attacking threat that the club has now, it's night and day, isn't it, Andy? I mean, you've got so many options for Steven Gerrard to choose from, not only pre-game, but during the game. There's so many ways he can change his tactics if he is struggling. Now, they weren't struggling against Livingston. It was a very straightforward win, and they got their goals early. But but it's, it's, a, it's an enormous change, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the last time I was on the pod just for the whole firm game, I think we discussed this, and it was about... In fact, they're no longer just reliant on one guy. I mean, you've seen Alfredo Morelos this year hasn't obviously been at his best, but you know the goals have, have continued to flow. They've they've spread them around the rest of the team. You, you saw obviously in Liège, um, they bring on Kamaru if he scores that extraordinary goal. You know, you're hoping that that Steve Jarrell, I'm sure we're hoping that that's him kicked off uh, his his sort of Rangers career. Then you're bringing Jermaine Defoe back in from the cold, having not really featured over the last couple of months, and he scores that incredible sort of first-time finish from that James Tavernier pass. So, I mean, I think that's the thing now that will please Stephen Gerrard the most, is that he is no longer just solely reliant on Alfredo Morelos, as they were at times last season when Morelos wasn't firing, as we saw after Christmas, then the whole team just sort of fell apart. That's no longer an issue now. Right now... You know, there's other guys stepping up to the plate, whether it be James Tavernier with, you know, was it, nine goals in t- ten games. You know, you, Roof coming in, getting a goal, Defoe coming back in, Aribo coming back in after his injury layoff. I mean, the, the positive signs are, are numerous for Steven Gerrard, and I think that'll be the real, you know, big sort of sense of optimism for him is that he knows he's got goals throughout the team, and, and especially at the back end, obviously, they're looking solid as well. Yeah, Scott, I mean, it's not just strikers. It's not just in the attacking areas that, that the options are now there. I mean, Bongani Zungu has been uh, announced today, not announced, uh, unveiled today, I yeah. think that's the correct word. Yeah. And you look at that midfield and the way it's playing, Scott, and you've already got intense competition. I mean, Glenn Kamara has been just absolutely superb this season. Stephen Davis is playing terrifically well. Ryan Jack's come back in and hasn't missed a beat. And those are three guys playing for two places. That's before you talk about the more attacking players who can also play in there, the likes of Arfield, the likes of Aribo. Yeah. I mean, is Bongani Zungu going to get a game? <laughs> well, I think it'll take a bit of time, John. I mean, he's not played a lot of football. Um, he's obviously had to quarantine as well when he arrived in Scotland. So I wouldn't expect him to be going straight into the team anytime soon, especially at the kind of speed and the quality that this current uh, kind of Rangers team is, is producing. He's going to take a wee bit of time to get up to to get up to their level, I would suggest. But you're right, it just you know, gives Gerard yet another option in there. I mean, every game now, when he's got all those midfielders fit, I mean, it must be a real, you know, a good headache to have. But, you know, he must sit, you know, the night, you know, days before games, think, well, what, what three am I going to pick in there? today and Andy touched on Aribo coming back, that's obviously a major boost for them, he looks fit and sharp again, uh, gets his goal at the weekend No, the options they've got are, are incredible and and up front I mean just touching on Defoe obviously for the weekend, I mean I was probably a bit surprised I'm sure a lot of people were to see Defoe starting uh, the game on Sunday, almost kind of come in from the, the cold I think people were expecting maybe Roof after Liège or maybe even Itton if he was going to change it up but 
I, I thought it was a masterstroke to play Defoe on Sunday because not only did they look fresh and fit and sharp, but the way Rangers played, you know, the way they got they get through Livingston when a lot of it was uh, a bit more direct, you know, it was passes over the top for, for Defoe to run into. I thought it worked an absolute treat for them. And as I say, the game was won by half time. He'd done his job. He came off after an hour, and then he was able to put uh, he was able to put roof on in the in the second half. So it just shows you. I mean, the guy like Defoe, no guy a guy has caliber with the experience he's got, and it's actually no you're a bit surprised when he comes in for the cold, and then no he doesn't. He just come in, he goes and scores an absolute uh, an absolutely brilliant brilliant goal to help you win the game. So. Listen, Gerard must be absolutely thrilled at the way it's going just now, and you know the options he's got every week. If everybody stays fit, um, as Andy says, is real cause for optimism. Yeah, that Johnny, finish was. Johnny, sorry, I was just going to say, if, if you look at, I'm just reading through the, the bench from from the weekend. There, you've got John McLaughlin, Scotland goalkeeper, Liam Balligan plays for Nigeria, Borna Barisic, Croatia's first choice left back, Kamara plays for Finland, Arfield plays for Canada, Cedric Itton plays for Switzerland, Morelos plays for Colombia, John Jones plays for Northern Ireland, and Kamar Roof, he's the only guy who's not getting an international cap, I think. So, I mean, it's an, it's an incredible sort of level of depth that they've got at the moment. It's probably the strongest Rangers starting match day uh, 23, if you want to call it that, since, you know, well, you're going back to what sort of the advocate era, I would imagine. I mean, that's, that's the sort of levels of, of strength that the, the, the team are dealing with right now. Yeah. There's no doubt about that, Andy. It's it is extremely strong. Um, just wanted to touch on that that goal, and and get your take on it, Andy. I mean, you've seen Scott McDermott in five, so you know what quality looks <laughs> yeah, like. Exactly, hundred um, <laughs> percent. Was that kind of? I mean, it's, I've it's seen Scott take a first touch like that a few times, but it never <laughs> usually ends on the back the back of the net. <laughs> it's incredible level of calm, isn't it? I mean, it's it's hard to really underestimate how difficult that is to take on like that because it's coming over your shoulder at pace and and it's just the nonchalant nature of the finish bottom corner keeper doesn't even move I, I mean if it hadn't been scored on the week of Kmart Roof's wonder goal I think we'd be talking about it for a long time wouldn't we yeah I mean I suppose I mean the fact he just makes it look so natural and I suppose that's what he is he's a, just a natural goal scorer a natural predator isn't he I mean the guy who's you know that was obviously his 300th club goal of his career I mean he's not going to be phased playing the likes of Livingston with all due respect so I mean you know a chance comes like that to him and he just tucks it away I mean there's there's not much more to be said about it I mean it, it wasn't you know the, obviously the roof goal was, is drawn headlines and, and gone viral around the world because it was such a you know this incredible moment of, of skill and the default in the same way it wasn't it wasn't because it was just so calm and just he just basically stuck his foot out and stuck it in the bottom corner. I mean, that's in the very sort of base way of, of um, describing it. That's all it was. But when you, you add in, as you say, the way the balls come to him and just the, the composure and the calmness. And I mean, you see him running off laughing. I mean, that's what it was. It was Chelsea's play to him. Yeah, even, a, even, a, even a top striker like you, Andy, must appreciate that touch, though. I mean, that's... See, when you watch the ball going into the net, I, mean, I don't know if you see it uh, or if you've noticed it, but yeah. you watch it again, as the ball's going into the net, and the ball's spinning furiously. So they're spinning the ball for Tavernier in the first place. For Defoe, no, not just to control it, to finish it, 
know, to keep it down, to keep it in target. I mean, for him to do that all in the one motion, eh, I just thought it was a a stunning, stunning finish. I mean, obviously totally different to to KMR Roof's goal, but um, arguably, you know, just as good in terms of the in terms of the skill involved. I thought it was I thought it was brilliant for the four. I've got a few like that in my back catalogue, Scotty. I don't want to brag about it, obviously. Funnily you know. enough, I've not seen them. But anyway. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the other part of that goal that we, we've kind of touched on, but, but maybe a lot bit more detail, is James Tavernier's pass. I'm just looking at his numbers in front of me now, guys. In 16 games this season, he's got nine goals and six assists. It's, it's quite incredible. And I think this is the important factor in, in those numbers. 12 Premiership games, five goals, five assists. He's really delivering on this title charge, not just attack-wise, but also defensively. You look at these uh, the, the, the level of Rangers clean sheets, 10 and 12. I mean, that is absolutely sensational. That is uh, more than title-winning form. That's title-winning almost any year type form, if they can well, keep that up. Johnny, I think, I mean... A lot of the players' numbers are really good, really high, obviously, because the team is playing well. Uh, and Tavernier is obviously a great example of that. But, I mean, I wanted to mention Hadji as well, who I thought was probably Rangers' best player at the weekend. Um, and, no, that's not been said too often this season. People have kind of had a go at him, been a bit critical, but I've always kind of stuck by him in terms of, obviously, I, I think he has got that killer pass and he can come up with big big moments for Rangers and he's now at six assists the most in the league I think I read yesterday which for a guy who hasn't always played the 90 minutes hasn't always no hasn't started every game maybe has started a lot of games in the league right enough but no for a guy that people are maybe questioning no six assists I thought he's I thought the part he played in Aribo's goal uh, on Sunday was brilliant and kind of typified Hadji I thought his initial um, kind of final pass to Defoe was exceptional. Defoe's shot saved, and then he's got the awareness. Um, no, he's got the awareness to to hook it back across to Aribo, um, who was obviously unmarked in the, in the ball. I don't think a lot of players in the pitch um, would have would have produced that pass, uh, but Hadji did. So he's another one. You no, know, people maybe thinks a wee bit in the periphery, but still coming up with coming up with six assists and big moments. So. You're right, I think you know, every stat you look at at the minute, all the numbers coming back for these players is, uh, is really encouraging for the manager. Yeah, Andy, just a quick word on James Tavernier. Is this the best he's played as a Rangers player? I think without doubt. I mean, yeah. the, the closest you, you you can see the sort of current levels of form are probably back in the Championship days, and obviously this yeah. is a, this is obviously a, a totally different level that he's operating at now. I, I think... In a similar kind of way to Morelos, he's a confidence player. You know, when the confidence is is flowing, you see the best of him. I think that's it. You know, you saw at the tail end of last season when confidence-wise he was shot, and I think in many ways, you know, that the fact that that the season get uh, cut early has helped Rangers. I mean, as much as they wouldn't have enjoyed seeing Celtic awarded the title, the fact that it was a 
they almost allowed him to reset, allowed Gerard to reset. I mean, can you all remember the sort of disappointment that he was sort of showing outwardly after that defeated Tynecastle to Hearts? I think it was a Scottish Cup game where he yep. was. You weren't, you weren't entirely sure about his future. Tavernier, you know, I think he comes off against the game against Leverkusen injured, and people were starting to, you know, really get on his back a bit there. And it, it took the heat out of the situation for for Tavernier for Rangers and. They've been able to, you know, wipe the, the the slate clean over the summer, and you've seen him come back. He looks a totally refreshed, rejuvenated player. He's leading by example. I, I listened to the podcast that uh, Stephen Gerrard did, um, the high performance podcast he did uh, this week. He picks uh, Tavernier out for for special praise, just about his way. He, he leads by example now, and I think that's definitely that. I mean, he's he's, he's obviously not your Terry Butcher, your Richard Goff type of captain, but in terms of the, you know what he's producing, in terms of performances, then that will be a real you know inspiring thing for the for the rest of the team to try and match his standards. And you know, if if he can maintain that for the rest of the season, then Rangers will be will be confident that they'll you know the the squad will be in a, a pretty decent place. Scott, where do you see the difference? In the defence, um, there was a stat going around, I think we had it on Record Sport, it was something like 48% of Gerrard's first season games were clean sheets for Rangers, second season was 56 but this season it's nearly 80%. I mean, w- what's changed? Because the personnel well, hasn't massively know, changed. Johnny, you, you've asked me this before, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure, I don't mean... I'm sure tactically there will have been tweaks at the start of this season. Probably if you sat down with Stephen Gerrard or, or Michael Beale, they'll tell you, you know, we've done this, we've done that. I mean, it's difficult on the naked eye to see any you know, clear, distinct changes to how they're, they're defending. But, I mean, I suppose, you know, you put it down to Hillander's forum, for instance, coming back from injury, people thought, no, he might actually struggle when he came back. Instead, he's come back better. I mean, his, talk about numbers. His stats are incredible this season. I seen a stat yesterday. It was like he's no lost a league game. The amount of clean sheets. No, when he's playing, Rangers don't don't lose. No, don't lose games. Don't lose goals. So, I mean, he's been outstanding. Uh, Golden's obviously played really well. He spoke about Tavernier. I think has uh, no. I, th- I think generally people accept that he's he's defending. Has got a lot better in the last kind of uh, in the last wee while. Certainly this season, he's uh, he's not looked troubled at all. Whoever he's come up against, and I, I suppose think, I think I think he's underrated in that sense. Scott, I heard somebody in a podcast this week saying that um, they didn't think that James Tavernier was a good defender. I think yeah, if you're talking Warburton era, James Tavernier, that's an accusation that could be thrown at him. Not now. I think I think he's come on pretty massively yeah he had a couple of dips last season again when his confidence was going but when I, I repeat when his confidence is high I think all facets of his game are, are pretty solid I, I think he can do it I think he can defend and he's obviously got all the, the physical attributes and he knows he knows how to defend but I think the past when he's been at Rangers it's been it's been slackness and lack of concentration or you know, maybe lack of positional sense letting, you know, simple things like letting crosses and I don't think uh, I think for a while he wasn't doing that well enough, and I think that's where people, that's where the criticism came from that he was this marauding attacking fullback, but didn't take enough care uh, with his kind of primary job, which should be attacking. I definitely think he's tidied up on that score, and he is a lot definitely. more solid. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. I agree with that, but I also think it's um, 
over the years, it's been the way Rangers have adapted their own tactics to cover them. I mean, one of the, the yeah. most pronounced things that you see when you, when Rangers are playing is that yeah. when Tavernier bombs on, whoever's playing in that midfield, whether it be Ryan Jack or Stephen Davis, yeah. they make this sort of subtle move in behind. And it happens yeah. every time. Rangers back four isn't actually Tavernier and Barisic alongside no. the two centre-halves. It's the two midfielders plus the two central defenders. Yeah, it happens, um, in, other, happens in the other It's the same, yeah, with Kamara. Kamara yeah. and Barisic. Yeah. But, but that's Gerrard and Michael Beale building in that level of security. Yeah. And, I, and I think a lot of the mistakes that, is, that have been pinpointed with regards to James Tavernier over the years, especially in the Warburton era, were because the team was wide open. You know, Warburton asked Tavernier to bomb on, but he didn't yeah. build into the team a, a, a fail-safe no. for... For if no, Tavernier was caught out, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Harry Forrester or Barry McKay was going to start tracking <laughs> back and cover him the way, exactly. the way Glenn Kamara does. So, no, you're right. There is a, there is a big difference. That's what I'm saying. Those you know, kind of tactical tweaks you've probably hit, hit the nail on the head, Johnny. That has been one of the really noticeable things uh, this season in terms of how secure Rangers are and those midfielders shifting across has been I mean, a huge part of that. So, if you're looking for a reason, then that, that would definitely be one of them. I suppose, I mean, the whole way the Rangers are set up is to force teams down the sides. You know, they, they obviously they've got this narrow 4-3-3 that just sort of compact, you know, tightens up and forces teams to go down the flanks. But I, I think one of the elements that's been so made that so successful is that Tavernier, in terms of his one-on-one defending, is uh, it's as good as anything we've seen, certainly in Scotland over the last few years. I mean, you know, players really get past him. You know, he's obviously got that athleticism that he can match players for pace and, you know, his concentration levels in those situations are usually pretty good as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think one-on-one, he's vastly, vastly underrated, Andy, because, you know, as you say, he's got all the physical uh, prowess that you need to be a top player. And, and he's very rarely troubled in Europe, where you would think you're going up against flying wingers, guys with real pace. And it just it doesn't really happen. In fact... I think in Europe so far this season, what we've seen is Borna Barisic being the one that's targeted. Yeah, I don't think Borna Barisic had a particularly good game against Standard Liège, and I thought they were trying to thread balls between Hellander and Barisic to catch Barisic out. And I thought actually Calvin Bassey, when he came on, almost improved Rangers. Yeah, um, but, just giving them that physical prowess. Just on Tavernier, is what I'm talking about the, in terms of the wee bits of slackness creeping in. I mean, if you think back, Andy. Will, correct me if I'm wrong but thinking back to the young boys away game mm. you know where, where I think he was at fault for a goal where it was that he should have cleared these lines or he played a kind of sloppy he pass caught, he was caught sort of too deep in for the goal yeah. the, 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 the last the, minute winner the, yeah, yeah the, the last goal he gets caught in field and kind of you know, collides with the centre it was just I think as I say he's, listen he's got all we know he's got all the attributes he's got the pace and the power and the strength you know, to be a really top top fullback everything you would want but it's the it's those wee bits of slackness and you no know, lack of concentration. I think he's I think this season he's cut that out. I don't I, I've not seen any of that yet. And Rangers will obviously be hoping that, that he keeps that up because if he does, he's going to have uh, he's going to have some season if he keeps keeps the numbers up going forward and and you no know, maintains that level of defending as well. I'm just having a wee look at the table at the moment, guys. I think it's important at this stage. Twelve games gone. The, in a 38-game league calendar. So you, you're almost pretty much within the next game, you're a third of the way through the season. Andy, I'll start with you. Where do you 
how would you assess what we've seen so far? I know Celtic are, are under a lot of pressure at the moment. But if you just look at the, the core numbers there, goals for 28, Celtic have got the same goals against three, goals against for Celtic 10. I mean, it's looking quite good for Rangers at the moment. And I think a lot of people are starting to say, well, you know what, maybe Rangers are actually the favourites here. Celtic don't look the force that they once were. Would you caution against that, Andy, for the for the time being? Do you think it's time to just be reflective and and, and on guard? Because Celtic might not be the same kind of unit that Rangers are, but they're, they're chock full of winners who have been over the course before, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, I definitely wouldn't be saying that Rangers are, are you know, odds on it to win the league or anything like that at this point. I mean, you're saying what we're, we're 11, 12, 11 games into the season. We're, 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 how many games were we this time? Uh, well, uh, December time last last year when, when Rangers um, obviously got that result. You were further on and, and people were getting carried away and, and look how that, that season finished up. Um, you know, the, the signs are good. I think the challenge now is this is a total. This is a, a situation we've not really seen Rangers in. They're now the front runners. That's going to be a new challenge for them to see how they can cope with that. Um, but you know, the, the signs are good. They've got, there's reason to be optimistic, but it should be a cautious optimism. And it should be a, an optimism that requires the utmost focus. I mean, you know, that's all you really hear from Steven Gerrard these days when he speaks before games. It, it's it's demanding the, the retention of that focus it's gotten to this stage. So you know, good start. You know, he'll be he'll be pleased with that. But you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of work still to be done. I, I sense Johnny's getting carried away, Andy. <laughs> well, Johnny, well, uh, listen, listen, listen I, I'm looking but, at where Hibs are sitting, and I'm delighted. <laughs> so listen, Hibs are sitting in third, 24 points, two points off Celtic. You know. Johnny. Glory, glory to the Hybies. It's not, it's not like Johnny to get carried away with him. I know. <laughs> Listen, it's so early in the, in the season. I mean, talking about kind of opting caution, um, football can change so quickly. I mean, Andy's saying it there how, how things changed uh, after the new year last season. It's been a brilliant start for Rangers, probably even better than Stephen Gerrard would have, would have hoped for. Um, the numbers are good. The signs are good, but I don't think Celtic... Celtic are obviously having problems just now, um, you know, going through a tough run of games, but I still don't think they're that far away. You know, if they get firing again, you know, if they get Lee Griffiths back scoring goals, Edward's still to come back, they obviously need to sort out their, sort out their defence. They're, they're conceding too many. Um, but I, I would be very wary of... Uh, no Rangers fans getting carried away and thinking that we're, no, think that they're favourites for the title or, or anything like that. I, I think it's very, very early days, and Gerard will be more aware of that than than anyone. And I think that's why he's tried to play everything down since the since the old one. What what I would say is I think this weekend's game is huge for them because it's a difficult away game at Rugby Park. Um, in any case, but crucially. No, it would move them even further ahead, and even with you no know, Celtic having games in hand with them, with them not playing at the weekend, um, it's you no. Know, when you're in a difficult moment like Celtic are just now, you don't want to be, you, know, you don't want to be chasing, you don't want to be nine points behind, um, putting even more pressure onto the the games in hand that won't be easy anyway. So, I think this Kelly game at the weekend is vital for Rangers if they can get another three points, but 
so early in the so early in the season to start making start making big predictions. Uh, I'm sure Stephen Gerrard as well will be will be keen to you know get a result this weekend and, and nudge that that lead up to nine. I mean, it was early part of the season they, they had a a chance. I think it was it was it something ridiculous like twelve or. 14 yeah, points or something like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and they, they sort of made a mess of that with the game at Livingston. So you don't want to pass up too many opportunities at that where you can really sort of put your, your foot on the, on the throat. So I'm sure that'll be the message again and, for Stephen Gerrard. Just keep focusing this one game. And by the way, without one to no, dampen spirits, I mean, range, I suppose the one kind of downside to Rangers this season is no, they have had two difficult away games at Livingston and Hibs and drop points mm. uh, in both of them. So Kelly away will be a similar type of game. Obviously mm. on the Astro turf that nobody nobody likes. Um so it's going to be a big test. I mean as much as we're you know, heaping piling praise onto them here, I mean if they were to drop anything on Sunday no, you start you no know, we question marks start coming up again, uh, but those but those type of away games. So uh, that's why right. I think it's it's vital for them that they that they were on Sunday. And then again, it's a, it's a venue over the last couple of years that they have they have struggled at. So yeah. you know, if they can get a result there, if they can keep this sort of momentum going, then that, that might give you another indication of where the team's at this season. But again, it's, yeah. it's, it's a really big it's a really big test for them. Well, before that game, there's a European tie at home against Lech Poznan. Obviously, terrific start last Thursday, two 0 win against Standard Liège, and. You know, very good performance. Although the last half an hour obviously is a bit of a write-off with the way the rain was, um, despite that that wonderful goal by Kemar Roof at the end, which uh, sealed sealed the deal. It, looking at uh, the the polls, Scott, do, do you get any sense of concern there? I mean, obviously they were defeated quite comfortably by Benfica in that first game. To me, they they look like the weakest team in the group on paper, and that the yeah. Rangers should certainly take care of them. I think Rangers will win the game, Johnny. Um, I think Poznan will be uh, a threat going forward. No, everything I've heard about them, everything I've read about them. Um, I spoke, I did a piece with Tom Hately last week. Um, he's obviously well up in Polish football and spent four years there. He played against them last season. Um, no, and gave quite a good insight. I mean, they look, they're a young, exciting, vibrant team that love to go forward. No, their manager gives them. No, the freedom to go forward and, and express themselves, but no, they concede a lot of goals at the back as well, uh, which I think will play into Rangers' hands. I mean, if they go to Ibrox and have a goal, which I which I actually expect them to try and do, um, no Rangers on the counter attack could could pick them off. Uh, Rangers will no Rangers will be delighted to invite them invite them on. Um, they've obviously got some good players, Modere, who who Brighton have obviously signed for huge. Huge money and loaned them back. Uh, is a really good player, apparently. Uh, certainly according to according to Tom Hately. And there was another couple. I know, <clears throat> I know the boy Tiba is an injury doubt now, but Portuguese player in the midfield, loads of experience. No, arguably their best, most influential player. Um, and I think they've got a young winger, like Kaminsky. Andy might correct me here. Kaminsky, a young, 18, 19 year old winger who. You know, people in Poland are saying we'll we'll go for even more money than than more there. So I think I, I was get... talking to a, a Polish journalist yesterday who who said I think it's Mikhail Ishak, yeah, nine goals, nine, go- yeah, yeah. nine goals in twelve games, and he, he was like he's the the real sort of creative spark and the, the, the danger man. So yeah, um, 
you know, they've, got, they've obviously got players that are, that are capable. I mean, just even looking through the results, I mean, I think they're, they're is it ninth or tenth in the Polish league. But I mean, they've been scoring plenty of goals. But they, yeah. I think Scott says as well that they have been leaking them as well. So I mean, it's got all the recipe for it to be a, you know, hopefully an opening, entertaining game. But if Rangers can sort of maintain the sort of defensive solidity they've showed the last few weeks, then I'm pretty sure Stephen Gerrard will be confident that they can get a result here. And if they do get a result, Scott, you'd have to fancy them to qualify from this group. Um, six points after two games, it would, again, look look really positive. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, at the start, you're, you're probably looking at it thinking Benfica you know, will be the best team in the in the group and Rangers, you know, if Rangers could get out of it with them. Um, obviously, you know, before it, you know that Standard Leisure are a decent, a decent side given their results in the last few years, but that, that result in Belgium... Last week's obviously set Rangers up perfectly, and I think you're right. If they beat Poznan at home, you know, even after two games, you would be thinking Rangers and Benfica strong, strong favourites to get through. But I mean, I, th- I think I said on this the other week. I just don't think, I don't think any, I don't think Rangers fear any of these teams in Europe. No, I mean they're all they're all good sides. I thought Standard Liège were a, a very decent side um, before the rain came on last week, obviously, but. Uh, it just holds no fear for Rangers the way Gerard set them up the way he's got them playing the experience they've got in this this competition uh, so even the next game going away to Benfica I just don't I don't think it scares them anymore and the biggest compliment I could pay them actually after the the Liège game was that you know, Standard Liège had they been beat at home in six years you know, held their own against teams like Arsenal in, that, in the last couple of seasons and yet that two 0 win for Rangers just seemed, you know, pretty standard run of the mill. Kind of expected it, no great surprise that they'd been over there and, and won two 0 playing the way they always do. I think that, you no, know, to get to that point for Steven Gerrard to get to that point where that's what people think getting into these big European games is is obviously credit to him and his his staff. You no, know, they've come such a long way, but I think that's where that's where Rangers are at the moment, just in a really good place. Okay, lads, that's terrific. We're going to call it a day there. Thank you very much for giving your time to come on the Record Rangers podcast. Um, Guys, if you enjoyed the debate, feel free to continue it on Twitter. I'm at Johnny R. McFarlane. Scott's at Scott McDermott A. And Andy? Andy Newport, P.A. There you go. So if you've got anything to say, fire us up on Twitter. Um, if you like the pod, and we know many of you do, get on to iTunes and give us a five-star review as this gets... Uh, what we do to as many people as possible. Until next time, thanks for listening.